Hello, you're listening to Send in the Experts with Georgina Durrant. This podcast is all about teaching and supporting children and young people with special educational needs and disabilities, SEND. I'm Georgina Durrant. I'm the host of this podcast brought to you by Twinkle SEND. As a former teacher in Senko myself, I wanted to create a platform to share some of the amazing things that my guests are doing to support learners of SEND. So whether you're listening on your commute, tuning in whilst walking your dogs or curled up on the sofa with a nice cup of coffee, thank you so much for joining it. In this episode, I'm so excited to be joined by Nikki Saunders. Nikki is the creator of a children's book series called the Eddie Series, and she is a passionate advocate for the autistic community. She has two children and has worked in special education. Nikki very much believes that autistic individuals are the experts, and since the publication of her first book, she has been on a mission to improve provision for autistic children, whilst improving awareness of and empathy for the the autistic experience in society at large. Nikki's journey started when her son was diagnosed with autism at the age of three and she found a lack of inclusion on the bookshelves. She started scribbling social stories for different social situations for him and then wrote and published her first book called My Awesome Autism. Since then, Nikki has written more books for children with special educational needs and resources for transitional situations. Nikki has also been awarded the Theopathetes SVS Award and the Sue Atkins Recommended Rosette. I've known Nikki for a couple of years, and not only is she an incredibly talented author, but she is also a really, really lovely person. We've had many chats over the years via email and Twitter DMs, and I've been so excited for this podcast, not just because I want to tell you all about her and her books, but because... I actually get to meet her for the first time, albeit virtually. So hi, Nikki. Hi, lovely to meet you. <laughs> How's your week been? It's been good, thank you. I cannot believe it's Friday already. The weeks absolutely fly by, don't they? Absolutely. Um, yeah, very good, thank you. How about yours? Yes, good, thank you. Um, so I, it's the tricky one is this podcast we were saying before we started recording. I, <laughs> I feel like I know Nikki quite a lot. I've read all her books. Um, we chatted quite a lot. But I've got to pretend in this podcast that I don't know her very much so that we can answer these questions. So. <laughs> Can you tell my listeners more about your your family then, please? Absolutely. So we're a family of four. We live in Suffolk. I have two boys, age 11, oh, he's nearly 12 in March, actually. And, <laughs> Crap time on you. Yeah, <laughs> birthday coming. And um, a six-year-old as well. Brilliant. And you're, you've got, your eldest son is autistic, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and what made you think he was autistic when he was younger then? What was mm. what were they, the reasons that you went down the diagnosis route? Yeah, and again, it's different for everybody, isn't it? Yeah. And I think you know your child best. So um, you know when your child's happy, comfortable, when yeah. they're unhappy, when they're uncomfortable, and they, they let you know. Um, there were many things actually from my son. I think food was quite a big issue. Yeah. I think the different textures, and it wasn't a case of I don't want them it was unbearable, you know, yeah. your child have the best diet they can. Um, and there was many little things, I think, so lights, he loved his focus on lights and anything that span, he, you know, he'd sit there with a plate and just spin it in front of you. And, you know, when you yeah. join his play, it was absolutely amazing to watch. Um, and again, I think sand was another thing on his toes. Okay. And that's one thing he really didn't like. So he would let me know about these as many little things that built up over time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, we went down the diagnosis route, but that said, I think as soon as his language came, he he recited the alphabet backwards, you know, and things like that. His mind was just is still just absolutely 
amazing the way yeah. um, his memory skills are letters numbers shapes um he could tell you all of them could label everything um but again in, in a conversation with you or, or a new person or with mm-hmm. a new experience he may use um like a script for a part of a film so yeah. I remember the Mr Tumble there was a game called the Mr Tumble Tap and if you got it wrong it used to say hmm that's not quite right so <laughs> we could be doing a puzzle together and if it didn't fit he would say hmm that's not quite right and that would be uh, his way of telling yeah. you so, um I was you know used to it but obviously other people I'd have to explain what he actually meant yes. so there was quite a few things actually but yeah yeah absolutely um and when did you start the when did you get diagnosed what was the process for you when did you start start looking at getting him diagnosed or looking into the reasons yeah. behind some of the parts of it um, quite young actually I mean, he was very mm-hmm. sensory from a young age so obviously that yeah. could cause him a lot of confusion and frustration and I wanted to help him the best I can yeah um but the you know I think many professionals and parents will say the same. The process is quite lengthy, isn't it? You know, the, yes. the waiting list is long and you're passed around. I think we um, saw a health visitor, doctor, speech and language, then passed a hearing. And then eventually we hit a waiting oh, list somewhere. So it yeah. was a long process. But equally, you know, he was only three. So I'm really aware that some children don't have the privilege of the diagnosis before school. Um, yeah. And the parents and teachers can really struggle to to get that yeah absolutely so um your book is about helping children understand their diagnosis of autism when did you tell your son that he was autistic and how did you go about it yeah so I've always been guided by him um yeah and I'd like to be honest with my children regardless of what it is um and I kind of waited for the right time for him really um he was nine just turned nine and he had lots of questions and yeah. it wasn't just about um himself it was about many differences but equally you know why do I look at things a certain way his friend looks at something a certain way but he must do it a certain way um so this carried on over the course of the week and I had a chat with the same guy who was super helpful and she said maybe it is time you know that's an indicator that he wants to know um and she was absolutely right so I'm used to writing lots of social stories all the time so I scribbled away and this took forever because you want to get it right it's not just reading a book it's you know you're applying it to yourself and that must just be really tricky I think to absorb and it's going to take a lot of lot of time so I wanted to open up conversations so it could be a long process and Mm -hmm. actually within their own time frame um so yeah and I think for other children to talk about the right age of you know when they want to know about the diagnosis again it's down to that child isn't it yeah really? guided by Absolutely. by them Indeed. when they start questioning it yeah. yeah and when it becomes like it seems that there's going to be more benefit to explaining it to them yeah exactly um and I think you know some children are able you know to kind of articulate that they want to know some might not be able to but again you know the person the, the parent or carer will know them and when they're yeah, ready. they're the experts. Absolutely. They know, know their child better than anyone, don't they? they? Do. And how has having an understanding of his diagnosis helped him, do you think? Have you noticed a change Absolutely. since telling him? I yeah. think straight away, um, especially now he's at high school. It sounds strange yeah. saying that now. Um, <laughs> so there was a scenario last week in music and I thought, oh, I wonder how that's going to go. Because sometimes you know, noise wasn't really an issue in primary school. It was the toddler. But again, yeah. now he's in a larger environment 
you know, in music lessons and things like that. Um, yeah. You know, and I said, how did it go? He said, it's absolutely fine, mum, even with the drums. The problem was, is when we were moving the tables across the floor, it was really painful for my ears. My thought, oh, oh, bless course. him. You know, so it's little things like that. Um, he's actually able to that's great that he can him. identify yeah. the problem himself though isn't it because then yeah. hopefully in the future when he builds his confidence up he's able to tell the teacher actually could we move the desks before the lesson <laughs> yeah. or do you know what I mean Absolutely. he'd be able to sort of sort of help himself in some ways yeah. that's really good so he's, he's doing really really well um but yeah I think it's just opened up so many conversations and like I said earlier not not all in one go because you're applying yeah. that book to yourself and over time um, we have so many different conversations. It's just so normalised in our home to talk about differences. Um, yeah. And he's very open and honest. And, yeah, it's great, really. It's really Good. helped. It's really positive, yeah. isn't it? Um, so let's talk about your book. So okay. tell my listeners <laughs> all about your books. We'll start with the first one, My Awesome Autism. Um, and this one was the one you wrote specifically for your son at this time when, you, when he was finding out his diagnosis, which... I think for any parent to know that the author has written it specifically for their own child must make them, you know, fill them with like a lot of trust in you, really. Can you tell us about it? Absolutely. So, yeah, so I scribbled that um, social story um, and it took a long time. I wanted to get it perfect and fill it with lots of hugs and, you know, and support as well, because, you know, you are applying that to yourself. And I wanted him to know the importance of self-value as well yeah part of who you are because you're absolutely wonderful um yeah and he was just we read the book together and I remember feeling very nervous thinking you know, this is so important Aww. to us um but he loved it and he said you know mum I'm not very happy about your stick men but yeah you're absolutely right <laughs> your illustrations <laughs> weren't up to scratch were. and thank goodness I partnered with a great illustrator um <laughs> after that so it was brilliant self-reflection and um corrected some of my grammar which I was excellent I was really pleased I was like thank you very much um <laughs> so he's like your editor as well oh, now not just the first oh, person to read it he reviews absolutely everything and the logic in it as well um he said wow does that mean I don't have to try and understand all of these things that other people kind of want to understand I said absolutely right you know it's oh. you just follow how you feel and deal with what you need to and he is absolutely he is so proud of the book he tells me I'm the source of that so you absolutely are and equally I'm just as proud of him because he's just doing so well oh that's wonderful it's so lovely that he's so proud of you and and, and what you've done does he tell everyone at school yeah yeah, he has done and what's really lovely his primary school um in year six for um autism awareness week yeah they actually read my book out in you know oh. the virtual assemblies as best they could yeah. and he was so they, the head teacher was lovely and asked him first if it was okay and he was so proud yeah. you know oh. it, was, it was really nice and he's able to talk to his friends about it so it's lovely you've almost you've sort of made it cool as well haven't you you know yeah. he's not an author she's written about him you've sort of given him quite a lot of street cred with yeah. it absolutely <laughs> I love that just just in case I'm, I'm presuming most of our listeners because they are teachers mm. and special needs teachers will know what a social story is but could you just explain what a social story is just in case yeah. somebody's listening and not quite understood that a little bit yeah absolutely so children that learn visually um will need the the pictures on paper you know, at yeah. each stage of that scenario that's going to happen, there's nothing worse for them than going into a scenario that they didn't expect. Um, but if they can visualise it first through pictures, it can be stick men, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and apply it to, you know, that social scenario or new experience. 
yeah and obviously it gives them time to process it before it happens and equally if they can open up um emotion and conversations yeah so if they can think about any concerns they've got about that situation that's coming up yeah. and they can talk about it and then you can sort of plan together about it exactly. when you were doing these i'm going a little bit off piece okay. but you know when you were doing these um social stories together mm-hmm. and you were sort of writing them down when you said you before you wrote my awesome autism yeah. and you were sort of scribbling your own ones down what sort of situations were you doing them for just out of interest oh there were so many so it was my first play date um, my yes. first sleepover using my cutlery um going to the beach with nanny as opposed to mommy you know yeah. um oh just so many I think that's wonderful it, hair washing teeth brushing um we've, we've done so many and that was even before I worked in education I had yeah. worked previously with adults um who were autistic but yeah it just I knew that that's what we needed and it worked it was Brilliant. really really helpful I was going to ask yeah if if you had if you had understanding of autism before or if it was because of your autistic child that you developed that understanding that, that you had it before as well yeah and obviously you know I, it was just meant to be I think you know and yeah. I remember when I was pregnant with him I was still working with the adults with autism in the community um and along came my little one so it was obviously meant yeah. to be and that's just been my path for a very long time I love it Lovely. So you've also written a fair few more books since then. I feel like you were always churning one out of them. <laughs> you've got so many and they're all brilliant. How many have you written? Lockdown was good for me. I think yeah. I've written, I've written, you know, over 20, I think, but published, um, I think I have eight there was nine because there were two different versions of my awesome autism. I love this. You don't actually know how many because yeah. you've written so many. <laughs> so many. It's actually specifically eight and I'm on book nine um wow at the moment so yeah I just lockdown I think was absolutely brilliant for you know my son was here we, we he could view them for me review everything and um you had up. your editor at home yes, really didn't you yeah absolutely <laughs> so yeah it's been oh, incredible fantastic. journey really because when was when was awesome my awesome autism when did that one come out because it's not that long ago it's not like you know, this author that's been writing for like 10 years is it it's no that was very um, recent april 2019 wow so that is a lot of books to have written in such a short space of time are you yeah. literally just writing all the time it does feel like way, yeah, absolutely i'm yeah. struggling as well so i feel like i've always got pen to paper um brilliant but yeah i think once you've got something and you just you need to put it on paper you need to get it out yeah. i've got such a creative drive um yeah it does catch you up wow <laughs> absolutely um so your book if we start about my friend eddie because i think that's a lovely yeah. one can you tell us about that oh, book? i can so um having experienced um firsthand what it's like for your child in the classroom um and other children asking questions and sometimes being there some social confusion too yeah. um i understood when i received messages from parents on my social media channels to mm-hmm. you know do you have one for siblings or class friends and i thought i don't but i in my mind you know I can I can do that and I thought and I thought about it and at first I thought no 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 it's not for me it's just this one book and then all of a sudden off she goes you know and, and I've got one for everybody else and um, so along came my friend Eddie with um a little bit more text because yeah. again you're not applying a diagnosis to yourself you know neurotypically you can have a lot of conversations per page but yeah it's the same characters and it looks very similar 
Yeah, so that one is, so it's for sort of siblings and friends, um, like peers in school, that sort of thing, to sort of understand their autistic friends a little bit more. Yeah, and it can be, you know, whether the child's in school, at home, at a friend's house, you know, with family. Um, I think the books, children are in so many places, can be used anywhere, you know. Yeah, anywhere a child goes, which is (laughs) everywhere, pretty much. Exactly. that's wonderful. And you've also done another one called Eddie's Colourful Feelings, which has the my favourite front cover. Yeah. It's got it's, it's a beautiful it's, has it got a rainbow it on has, it, I believe. Yeah. yeah, it's got a beautiful rainbow on the front. What's that one about then? Oh, I absolutely love this one. So my son, there is a name for this, and I need to think about what it is, but um he would apply different colours to different emotions. Oh yes. yes. Wow. So um if you're feeling sad it would be purple, um red, yeah. if you're feeling a bit frustrated and angry. Um yellow bit calm you know things like this green feel really relaxed and happy um and that was something that was like a shortcut if you like for him to explain how he felt and us to take time after that to look at solutions so again it's about you know finding strategies for emotional regulation and actually kind of highlighting the importance about what to do not what not to do. I think it can be quite easy whether you're in a setting or at home. So, oh, I don't do that, I don't do that. Naturally, a lot of autistic children just need to know, well, well what can I do to help me with this emotion? You know, what is my strategy? Yeah. And through colours and some interactive pages throughout the book, you know, we can get there and help the children. So I, I really enjoyed doing that one. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Have you had some? I bet you've had some lovely feedback on that one as well, as well as the other ones. So you get some. You probably get lots of lovely reviews on lots of bookshops online. I do, I do, I do, and lots of parents um, and teachers. So yeah, it's just been wonderful, really. Fabulous. Um, and you've done a book about mistakes as well. Mm. So what was the reason behind that? Is that an area that your son struggles with, like making mistakes and sort of understanding that it's okay to make a mistake? Yeah. Is that sort of where it comes from? Kind of. I mean, that's a big one. I think many children, you know, the idea of a mistake, you know, they can mm. feel different emotions, can't they? Embarrassment, shame, frustration, because they wanted to get something right. Um, yeah. However, in our experience and having worked with children in special needs as well, sometimes um I think if you're in a mainstream situation being autistic you're constantly looking for social markers around you am I doing the right thing Uh aha I'm on track you know that kind of thing and when you make a mistake you know for the autistic person that must feel very frustrating you've tried so hard to keep up and on track with everybody else um you're just kind of intently looking at yourself whereas actually we all make mistakes yes you know and the best thing, you know, we can do as parents, teachers, carers is make mistakes ourselves, you know, mess up, show them how we come back from that. <laughs> it's OK. Um, and that's what the book's about, really. So there's lots of different characters in the book. So um, the teacher makes a mistake, which is quite funny. That's our favourite page. That. She drops the plant <laughs> pot, you know, and says something silly on the board. Um, and the children are laughing. So it's finding the humour in that as well. And it's OK. We're all human. 
you know, it's just okay to make a mistake. I think that's a really good point because we're always talking about, you know, trying your best at school yeah. and trying to make sure you get everything right. But it isn't about getting everything right. We it's learn not. through mistakes. Exactly. Especially when you think about like maths. That always comes to mind when I think <laughs> of mistakes. The only way you can learn really, I, I feel, is to make to make mistakes and learn how to unpick it and see how you did something and work out, okay, I made a mistake. What did I do wrong and how can I unpick that? And you actually learn a lot more yeah. from it. And I will know um, for next time, which is going exactly. to help me. Absolutely. And yeah, really important to see other people, especially teachers and parents also making mistakes and what they then do. I think that's the important bit, isn't it? What yeah. what happens after they make that mistake? Yes, they've made that, they've written that thing on the board that they shouldn't have done or they've <laughs> dropped the plant pot. But what did they do afterwards? Did they go berserk or did they, you know, solve the problem? What did they do in the book, by the way, when they dropped the plant pot the plant on the floor? Pot. So the, they were doing um, a gardening <laughs> lesson and they were, it was meant to say plants and weeds. Uh, but it tastes of plants and we and all the children were laughing. <laughs> I love the children's <laughs> humour in that, Nikki. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My son absolutely loved it. But I think, <laughs> actually, as adults, you know, children can be watching us. If we do make a mistake and we go, oh, oh, you know, and we're getting yeah. frustrated, oh, look what I've done, then, you know, they can mimic that and think that absolutely. that's what we do. And actually, that that's not what you have to do. We can all just go okay that everyone makes mistakes you know we can learn a lot from children as well so yes oh, I love that so you've written a book about idioms what what is an idiom and why did you write about it okay so idioms are a group of words put together to help form an expression so yeah you know within the sentence the group of words would not make any logical sense you know yeah uh, compared to what you're saying as the expression so for example oh you know tell me a secret means tell me a secret where yeah. spill the beans if you're logical <laughs> means well I've just spilt beans Literally on the floor spilt some the beans? baked beans all over the floor yeah <laughs> yeah so so like raining cats and dogs is that one as well yes, and it actually yeah. isn't raining cats and dogs, no that would be absolutely <laughs> terrifying if it rained cats and dogs exactly. and if you think logically that must be they must think what on earth are you talking about it's know? ridiculous really when you actually think about it isn't it, it some is. of the things we actually come out and say the bees knees um you know the bees knees of course that one yeah. block is very confusing um, that makes no sense no, to me anyway I'm sure there's somebody listening that <laughs> understands these fully but I don't <laughs> and I've learned so many more as well and I think there was one evening we were talking about um a scenario that was going to happen in the future and we were looking at some solutions and I said to the children okay well we will cross that bridge when it comes to it (laughs) where's the bridge (laughs) and my eldest said to me mum you've done it again I said yes I have I'm sorry I don't know why I said that what I mean is and I had to rephrase it um but I think there's over 25,000 idiomatic expressions within the English language alone so yeah. Oh my goodness. Think, Hopefully not all in your book, no, though, Nikki. No. no <laughs> It'll be a long book. <laughs> a lot of series two, series two. Um, but the, the children help pick their favourite ones, actually. So, oh, we yeah. have, we've had a lot of giggles over that. I book. was just going to yeah. say, I bet that book caused it, instead of making it a stressful thing that's like, really difficult to understand yeah you've actually brought the humor into it for them I imagine I bet your kids find it funny now yeah, they and really when people do. come out with it I bet there's like a little sideways glance that you're like oh they're yeah. saying that and they said cats and dogs are coming from the sky yeah. it's really helped because my oldest he's doing um different puns and idioms at school and he's really enjoying oh, wow. it because of the, our experience at home so that's yeah. been amazing I think their favorite one was Bob's your uncle because he's actually not <laughs> I wonder if it's more confusing if he is as well, because everybody says it. You're like, how do you know that Bob is my uncle? How have you got this information on me? It's very confusing. 
that's a really that's a really good idea for a book I bet that one's a really useful one yeah. um, for people to pick up if it is an area that they're struggling with and thinking and like you say bringing the humor back into it yeah. and sort of looking at it from that angle I love that um so are your books aimed they're not just aimed at parents and kids they're actually useful for teachers as well aren't they are you finding lots of schools are finding them useful yes absolutely so I'm hearing lots back from um teachers and Senko, yeah. teaching assistants as well um you know, I think having worked in an, a special school as well, I kind of know how you can apply some of the books in similar scenarios. Some of them will go, you know, home with the child, maybe back to school, especially the um, I'm going to school transition workbook. Yeah. You know, that's, you can add so, photos into that one. Yeah. That, could you explain about that book then? So that book is, mm. you, you wrote it for starting school. So for preschool children yeah. who are about to start school. Yeah. So I assume everyone knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I know all of Nikki's books, but I'm just aware that someone listening might be thinking, What's oh, that? that sounds like a useful book. Tell us more yeah, about that. Of course. <laughs> um, so that's a transition workbook that helps a child learn visually what to expect in their new environment, how to perceive that and why. Um, yeah. which is quite a lot for them to take in when they're about to, you know, be away from their parents, carers or yeah. whoever and learn new routines, new strategies. There's so much for them to learn. And I think as much visual evidence as possible of what the the environment they're going into will really, really help yeah. them and kind of place in their mind what they're going to do and where they're going to be. And I bet um, when your little boy started, well, he's not a little boy anymore, is he? Yeah. listening to this, he won't like me saying that. But mm. your your son, when he started school, did you write, did you scribble some social stories for that then? I did, yes. Yeah, um, so that's probably where it started. But then later on, you've written the book. Yes. And I think with my youngest, he really needed that. Right. Because um, he has social communication difficulties. You wouldn't notice it yeah. now. But I think before he started school, he really needed everything in place. Um, so yeah. I published this one. Um, school were amazing so they sent me the photos that I'd requested and there you go it's in the book and you know there's some interactive pages to help the children and it's just um, a reliable visual aid for them yeah absolutely so what sort of photographs did you ask for was it like everything like the dinner hall the classroom coat pegs all the little things toilets I know it sounds ridiculous but yeah yeah absolutely you know what do I do um, at break time as well if I need some help who do I go to because sometimes I think break and lunchtime can be quite confusing because there is no uh, structure as such. It's for them to play, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yes, of course. So the coat peg, the toilets, dinner hall, who's my teacher going to be? Uh, where will I eat my lunch? Little things like that that just um, help them picture. And I, I suppose if you've got um, a language barrier or anything like that as well, yeah that helps doesn't it you know photos Absolutely. are photos at the end of the day regardless of any language or communication barrier so yeah yeah and it's good to prepare anybody I suppose but that book in particular is useful for all children isn't it, it? Is. I know yeah. I know personally if I have to go to a new situation if I have to go somewhere differently I would you know I would look it up on the internet I would look where I'm going to park I would look at well, you know what which door am I going to go yeah. in to get into this building and little things like that and it's the same we're expecting a lot of children yeah. starting school if they haven't and it's difficult I know at the moment with or has been more difficult with um COVID not being able to go into schools as easy yeah. for transitions I know schools are doing brilliantly working around various different ways mm. but having those visuals and going for it in the summer holidays to show them exactly what's going to happen is is super helpful it is it's like a sat nav really isn't it you know that yeah we, we rely on things like that maps and everything. oh my goodness you should have seen me before sat navs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I used to get so lost <laughs> exactly everywhere but yeah no really really useful so that transition booklet am I right mm. children can 
request the pictures from school yeah. and then put them in your booklet so it's like yeah is that right so they're actually yeah. physically doing it themselves yeah um with their parent or their teacher whichever they choose to do really um and that's yeah. gone that, that has gone down really well and i think in lockdown i decided to release the pds for free because i thought okay. you know there's no point in this book sitting here not helping anybody yeah and i, I think i was up to 1, 2 a.m. emailing people. I did not expect oh. the response on social media that I got. I have sent out hundreds on email. Oh, bless you. See, um, individually emailing yeah. about to every yeah. single person. That's so lovely. And then I found MailChimp at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, there might have been a quicker way. I think that personal touch, though, is oh, lovely that you've, absolutely... for parents to know that, you know, you've sat there at night time <laughs> and you've emailed individual PDFs out to people. I think yeah, that's really lovely. I absolutely loved it. You know, not everyone has printers at home. So no. um, I have posted out quite a few as well. And that's quite yeah. difficult in the pandemic because I didn't want to post too many, you know. Yeah. Um, but I did what I could to help people. And um, yeah, I was really pleased I could do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think your books, I think if, if there'll be teachers listening, particularly reception teachers mm-hmm. who might be listening in Senkos or primary schools, if you're thinking that book could be particularly useful for their new starters, because they'll be already be thinking about in particular children with special education needs the transition period does need to be longer for starting school so I imagine there's they're already looking into nurseries and thinking about the children that are going to be starting um that book's really useful for that isn't it or they could it doesn't necessarily have to be the parent that starts the conversation of let's look at this book and let's put in some transition pictures they could actually do it themselves because the teacher couldn't they and be saying would this book be useful let's put some pictures in yeah and let's get the ball rolling Yeah. yeah I sent a load to um my son's primary school and they use it now and it's lovely to see that you know that it's actually working and it's helping people teachers as well as the children because it must be frustrating for staff if you're trying to do the best you can to help Um, and if you've got that go-to between home and school the child's receiving the same messages it's just lovely yeah that leads nicely actually to one of my questions I was going to um, ask about like supporting between parents and teachers how how do you think parents and teachers can work best together then when sort of like supporting children with who are autistic and supporting them to understand their diagnosis in particular yeah um again I think it's that open communication isn't it and keeping the line yeah. of communication open um and you know we always say it's the little things but it really is the little things that are you know quite massive to some children yeah um and I think if the teacher can feed that back to the parent and the parent can do the same to the teacher, then sometimes, you know, pieces of the puzzle come together, don't they? And yeah. you can kind of problem solve with the child and support them and, you know, as best you can. So again, I just, I do think that is mainly communication. And like you say, yeah. in terms of diagnosis, obviously yeah. if you're using a resource or something from the internet or whatever, making sure that it's done both ends and yeah, you know keeping a sort of continuity between yeah, the two absolutely and keeping in contact as to how it's going for that child because you know week one it, you know you might the child may not have processed that yet it could come out yeah. in behavior or communication a bit later so again yeah lots of yeah everyone needs to be on the same page and yeah. I think it's so important to remember isn't it that parents have have experienced their child uh, you know they, they've got their child at home they, they are the experts they've had their <laughs> child at home with them for so many years yeah. at nursery perhaps preschool whatever but, but they're the ones that spend the most time with them they know them best exactly. um and it'd be such a shame for that information not to be fully passed on to mm. teaching staff and for them to then pass on things that they find because things can be different in different settings exactly. so for them to pass on and make them aware of what's happening in school and just keep that communication going even more so that everyone's on the same page and we fully understand the picture of what's going on and making sure that child's getting the best education and the happiest they can be yeah 
Absolutely. It's really important. Um, when So when you were looking for, if we go back to when you were looking for the books and you couldn't find anything that was sort of suitable originally that would explain autism to your child and you couldn't see like they weren't represented in children's books as much since then do you think things have improved have you are there any other books not your own that you would recommend absolutely so in 2013 14 when he was diagnosed I did have a look around because I wondered how do we have that conversation you know what where do you start you know there's there is little support out there and I think parents do look to school sometimes because you mm. know you know the child more than any other professional um so I had a look um once I'd published mine and I've actually found some other people on Twitter and I, I hadn't known of anybody else you know who's had the same scenario and they've done the same thing it's been so lovely so you've got um the Susie book series yeah, yeah. Charlotte Olsen's books are brilliant Olsen. You have um, Through the Eyes of Me by John Roberts. That's a really lovely yeah. story. Um, the Abilities of Me is a lovely series. Yes. But yeah, there's quite, I wouldn't say. Is that Gemma, Gemma Keir? Yes, is that... Gemma Keir, yeah. I think her name is, yes. So um, I'd highly recommend all of those because they've had similar ideas from their own experiences, which is amazing. Um, but again, it's not a large group of people. Yeah. You know, um, if I wasn't an author and on Twitter, I don't think I would have found anybody. Um, yeah. It's only having to go through that experience myself that we've all connected. So it's really nice. Yeah, lovely. And it'd be nice. Yeah, I think there's still, so there's still obviously a way to go, isn't there? We need more books, uh, you know, more inclusive books on the bookshelves. They need to be standard books rather than ones that you've got to search for on Twitter. <laughs> yes, exactly. Absolutely. And it took a while for me to get mine into the bookshop, even though yeah. um, it was published um and out there um but I do remember going into a bookshop and asking before I published mine do you have a book on autism for children and um, I think one scenario the lady said um sorry we don't stock that sort of book now it wasn't um um <sighs> I think as a parent you could go oh god my goodness you know that feel a bit hurt yeah. from that I imagine uh-huh. as a parent but again it's um from no fault of that person's own it was a lack yeah. of awareness and understanding because it's not out in the world yet you know we're talking about something yeah. new um, so I thought, right, there's my determination. Off I go. Um, yep. And it's on your bookshelf now. So yeah, and then the next time it. someone goes up to that lady in that shelf and says, have you got any books on autism? Oh, she can say, yes, yes, I do. And I know all about them. And here, here are some brilliant books. Exactly. And I tried a different shop and, and the assistant said to us, I, mm, I have a look in the self-help section. And I thought, no, children need to see you know, the word autism, it's normal, yeah. it's who they are, and to celebrate that as best as they can. So Absolutely. that is why it's called My Awesome Autism. It's on the front page. That's exactly yeah. who they Just are. imagine it, you know, if you had your little boy with you and he was stood next to you when yeah. you asked about that and he, he heard them say, looking in the self-help area, like that's not a good message. No. That it should be, yes, it's on the children's yes. bookshelf here. Do you know what I mean? It, it should be there exactly. with all the other books. You know, and I thought, like, you know, I would rather take that response than, you know, an autistic child or adult having yeah. to hear that. It really did bother me. It's such a passion of mine. And I have a huge compassion for the autistic community. So I thought, no, I that will be on that shelf. So, yes. um, yeah, that's the reason, another reason we published it, really, yeah. to help others. Right. Good. Um, so I don't know if I'm allowed to ask this. So you, okay. may, you can just tell me <laughs> what What's next? What's, what's next for Nikki Saunders? Oh, that's right. You can ask. It's fine. Um, so... Okay, so I've currently partnered with a production company. Is this exclusive, by the way? Is this an exclusive for the podcast? 
as is exclusive well, news. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you are the first person I have spoken to about okay, it, actually. Cool. So yes, I guess it is actually. Okay, and I brilliant. will update you on um, how we get on. So I've partnered yeah, with sorry. an amazing um, production team. They're wonderful in animation. Um, yeah, and so we've done the pilot for um, a new idea we have. Well, it's kind of based on the books anyway. And yeah, hopefully we'll be able to get back to you soon and update you in maybe another chat um, yeah. about where it's going and how we're getting on with it. But we're all very excited, um, very motivated. And I'm just, I'm so pleased that I've met some people who, you know, autism is close to their hearts too. Yeah. And there's, there's no one better to drive it than all of us as a team so yeah very excited about brilliant. that brilliant so the, your hope is that it'll be like a little animation a little tv program hopefully is that we the plan? hope so yes <laughs> <laughs> i'm not allowed to ask this i can <laughs> tell by your answer i don't know how much i can and can't say but yeah that's that's our goal and you know we want to get as much visual support out there as possible absolutely i'm so excited about that Thank that's going um, just if there's teachers listening and they have mm. autistic, which they will do have autistic children in their class, um, have you got any top tips? I know we said about communication, but have mm. you got any other top tips that they could take away from this? To, yeah. um, they probably are doing it anyway without realising, yeah. um, which we do. And I think, again, it's allowing processing time, time to get to know them and to build that you know specific bond as well. Because as soon as you've got that communication open and that relationship going, um, the child can feel more confident, you know, in yes. expressing their needs. And again, if not, you know, you still have to look for those nonverbal cues as well. You know, what follow what they're looking at. You know, that's what I'd find most of my day doing. Watch what they're watching. What are they interested yeah. in? Um, you know, and have a look at their special interests. What do they love? You know, enjoying their play. Um, yeah. yeah, generally getting to know them, positive reinforcement. Um, praise, encouragement, teaching them what to do. There's no point in going to what not to do because for the yeah. autistic person, this no man's land. <laughs> so how do I get out of here then? You know, it's helping them find solutions about what to do. Um, and again, using social stories, if it works for that child as well. You know, yeah. everyone is so different and retain information differently as well. So yeah, just getting to know the child, I think is the is key the key bit mm. yeah relationships and also yeah. um one and I've always said this if you have a teacher and you, you know they're very empathetic mm-hmm. it is such a great skill to have it really is when you're working with autistic children or any child because you feel what they feel so yeah. you can you can just tell when they're struggling straight away and I think the empathetic person will you know kind of respond quick as well and I think empathy is key definitely yeah and then I think an underrated um skill I think it, it it's really such is. an important one isn't it Absolutely. really really important so any it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you is yeah. there anything you'd like to anything I've missed anything you want to say and can you tell us where people can find you on social media website etc yeah. where they can find your books thank you so much for having me I don't think there's anything else I need to say I think we've had I think we've said quite a lot actually which is really yeah. lovely um yeah you can find me on twitter instagram and facebook at nr saunders books yeah um my website is nrsaunders.com i'm loving this all being the same this is yeah, easy it's so much it? easier for me saunders <laughs> on everything well for other people as well i my twitter was confused by not having enough characters and that caused <laughs> it causes me no end of grief <laughs> 
had to change it to different to, to, from Facebook to Twitter. Exactly. Who am um, I on this one or this one? Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we've got social media, your website, and then yeah. looking for your books. I'm sure people listening will be thinking, oh, these books sounds really helpful. Might have a child in their mind at the moment that they're thinking these are going to be useful for. Where can they find your books? Yeah. So the easiest place to probably find them is on Amazon. Yeah. Um, you can use Prime if needed. Or you can get them from me directly. If you just send me an email or a message, I can arrange PDFs across um, to staff as well. So that's not a problem. And would they find your email on your website is probably yes. the easiest yeah. way. Yeah. So if you go on Nikki's website and find find your email address on there, you can send her yeah. an email. Or and there's then... a contact form. You could just fill out. Oh, that. brilliant. Cool. And then on Amazon or bookshops in general, you can type in, I know on Amazon, when I was looking last night just to check I had <laughs> all my notes correct. If you type in the author's name in Amazon, that's usually the easiest way of finding all of yes, your books and tips if you type up. in if you type in Nikki Saunders it will come with a list a long list <laughs> of all of her wonderful books and then you can pick and choose yes. <laughs> which ones suit brilliant so it, waterstones etc you able to find them on those because obviously not everyone wants to yeah my awesome um, has been in waterstones smiths <laughs> brilliant thank you so much for joining me Nikki I've really enjoyed meeting you no, thank you so much it's lovely to finally actually virtually meet you yes <laughs> another absolutely brilliant guest and do check out her website and her books and once again thank you so much for listening to send in the experts with me georgina durant um please share on social media that you've been listening and help us spread the word about this podcast see you again next time bye